0: As a car owner, there's nothing like having a problem with your car and learning that the issue is still under warranty. And while that is good news for you, the situation behind the scenes is more complicated. And to discuss the issue, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Assemblymember Kenny Burgos, a Bronx Democrat who carries legislation dealing with this issue, as well as Brian Schneck, president of Local 259. So, Assemblyman, if I'm going to have work done on my car, which is covered by the vehicle manufacturer warranty, how does it actually get paid for?
1: So right now what happens is, uh, as a consumer, you probably won't notice much of a difference you know, when this bill is enacted or not, but you bring your car into the dealership. The auto tech will determine what has to be done. He then tells the dealership. The dealership then works in conjunction with the manufacturer, and the manufacturer dictates what is the warranty rate that is paid for that work. And what's happening right now, actually, if you bring in, let's say, an issue with your engine... The manufacturer will say, we will pay you for 5.8 hours of labor work. But what's happening in reality is the auto techs are spending over 15 hours to actually fix your vehicle. So you, know, you have auto techs that are simply not being paid accurately for the labor that they're giving. So, Brian, what
0: is the practical effect of this dynamic? Is it the case where the car dealer will then subsidize the lower rates paid by the vehicle manufacturer so that the technician is made whole, or does the technician essentially just live with the rates that the vehicle manufacturer is looking to pay?
2: Dealerships and their technicians are getting less for the labor that's applied. Each labor operation that is performed has a labor time allowance associated to that operation. And the problem is the manufacturers are unilaterally deciding to pay less and what I mean by less and less in comparison to what? To what is there's third party publications all across this country. You have Mitchell, Chilton, Motors, Pro Demand, All Data. All of these are publications that are created by these labor time guide publishers. We don't mind this third party position on the labor operations and the time allowances because these third parties don't employ technicians, they don't own dealerships, and they're not owned by the manufacturer. They are an absolute umpire or third-party neutral. So they take the appropriate time necessary to do the time studies on each of the labor operations, and they come up with an appropriate time allowance. Retail customers, such as yourself or anyone else sitting in this room, if you were to take your vehicle to a dealership for retail work, the dealership would look up on whatever publication they're utilizing for the, the certain labor operation that needs attention, and they would show you what the labor time allowance is for that, times the post labor rate for the repair shop, plus the part, you know what you're paying. So that's accepted nationwide, C to C, border to border. It's accepted in the auto dealership network for customer paid labor. But it's also accepted by the independent repair shops all across the country, body shops, and even third-party warranty companies. So why are the manufacturers doing this? Because New York state law allows them to decide what reasonable compensation is, and that's what the problem is. Manufacturers will pay the least amount possible, and that's what they've been doing. It's a race to the bottom.
0: What happens if the current dynamic continues?
2: Sooner or later, all the experienced technicians that are in our industry right now that have 10, 20, 30 years of experience that have been trained extensively by the manufacturers to repair the vehicles that they manufacture, but at the expense of the dealership owners. Dealership owners are investing tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth of training into automobile technicians. What's going to happen is a continuation where they're quitting. They're just leaving the workforce. They're going to work for municipalities or the Port Authority or the MTA, PSE&G, because working people, we need to know what our paycheck is going to be at the end of the week. We can't have fluctuation. We have mortgages to pay, rents to pay. We got kids to feed. We can't have these big swings in what our incomes are. And because of what the manufacturers are doing, it's really undetermined. With a flat rate incentive technician, what his weekly earnings are going to be.
0: Does the situation matter to the consumer? Do I care one way or another how this is working out as long as the car work is getting done?
1: Well, I think the consumer should care for two reasons, right? One, I think we're trending in this direction where the industry is very difficult to keep afloat. You know, we have vacancies in many, many industries right now, right? But auto tech workers specifically, the average age is 53 years old. Why is that? Because we cannot even incentivize uh, young people to get into this industry because of the pay, because of situations like these car warranty issues. And if we continue to trend this way, it's my belief we're going to have less and less auto tech workers, which are less and less individuals to actually do the warranty work that consumers want to see happen. Also, it's my belief that what we're seeing now is displeasure in, in terms of taking in these warranty claims because they know they're not going to get paid accurately for right? So I've heard of people bringing their cars in for warranty repairs and sometimes the car is there for weeks, months. It's partly due to this issue, right? The dealers have to make money. The auto techs want to get paid and if you come in with a non-warranty claim you're probably a lot more attractive as a job to fix than a warranty claim that I know I won't get paid accurately for. So you may sit on the back burner.
2: The consumer wouldn't know what the manufacturer is not paying, and that's the issue. What has happened is the vehicle traffic law, which governs the relationship between the manufacturers and the dealerships, it comes down to where the manufacturers are to reasonably compensate dealerships when the dealerships are performing warranty and recall work. The problem is the manufacturers for the greater part of 30 years have been defining exactly what reasonable compensation is. They're not paying fair market value for labor. It's a, that's offensive to me as a labor advocate, but it's also economically dangerous for our employers to operate and the impact that it has on its labor force.
0: Is the only recourse to this problem state legislative action? Is it possible that dealers and technicians could negotiate changes to these rates with the vehicle manufacturers?
2: That's an interesting question. The only way that I know how to fix this problem is to come up here with my brothers and advocate for change, positive change for our industry. This is all about equity. We're not getting our fair share for our labor. And in turn, our employers are suffering the economic consequences along with us. We know how to engage in collective bargaining. We do a very good job at that. We know how to sit with our employers and problem solve and figure out pay plans and incentives and take care of our benefits. But the downward pressure that we have because of the manufacturer's greed, that's what this comes down to. They do this purposefully. This isn't accidental. They're artificially increasing their profit margins on the backs of working people, and that's unacceptable.
0: This legislation is backed by the unions representing workers at New York's franchised car dealers What about the car dealers themselves? Where are they
1: on this issue? Are they supportive of it? Are they agnostic? What do they feel? The car dealers are also supportive, right? So it's one of those rare moments where you can get the – the workers and the dealers on the same page because the dealers recognize that it's a major issue not only to maintain auto tech workers within those dealerships, but also the dealerships make a bit of money on this as well, right? And if they're not able to pay their workers, they're not to make money themselves. So we're trying to get to a point where everyone is staying above their bottom line. How many technicians are we talking about
0: in New York State that are impacted by this current arrangement?
2: Thousands. There's 1,100 dealerships in the state of New York, Buffalo to Southampton. On average, you gotta figure each of those dealerships employ 20 technicians. Good, hard working people with a skill that's in desperate need, with a skill that takes time to amass over, or, over a period of time. No one could just parachute into a shop and, and fix today's automobiles. It's impossible. It takes years of training.
0: Because though, manufacturers need technicians to actually do this work, Do the technicians have a certain amount of power that they can exert uh, in terms of negotiating for higher rates, or is that just not something that's on the table for them?
2: We work for our dealership owners, Mm. and our dealership owners are independent businessmen and women all throughout New York State. They don't work for the factory either. Our dealerships, they purchase vehicles from the factories. The factories need to understand the only customers they have are the actual dealerships. They purchase the, the two, three, four hundred cars a month, they put them in their inventory lots, and then they retail them to the consumers. They're not the ones that are retailing it and, and putting it onto the street to John Q. Public. The dealerships are. Why are the manufacturers dictating what the incomes are going to be for auto technicians? Why are the manufacturers dictating what the profit margins are going to be for our dealership owners?
0: Well, why does the state have, say, a vested interest in getting involved in this situation at all if the vehicle manufacturers aren't violating any laws or aren't guilty of, say, like wage theft?
1: Well, it's still a labor issue, right? I don't think there's a single individual in New York who would want to perform a job duty and not be paid appropriately for it. So I think it's the state's responsibility to regulate business, the state's responsibility uh, to be involved in consumer affairs issues. And I think this is both a labor issue and both a consumer affairs issue. So this is why we have to get involved.
0: Should car dealers simply negotiate these contracts themselves, though? Should they simply say, what you're paying us is not reflective of the work that you're asking us to do, therefore pay us better? Why does the state have a role in this?
1: There's always multiple solutions to a problem, but I always think the best way, if possible, is through legislation because we create that cohesive and equal system across the board, right? where we're not relying on a couple of upstate dealers or a couple of downstate dealers to negotiate their own contract, and maybe other dealerships and other auto techs are experiencing an entirely different reality, which will then in turn give a different reality to the consumers of those regions. So I think as a state, it's important for us to tackle this issue across the board.
0: Well, finally, in thinking about this issue broadly, it reminds me of the Medicaid system that we have in New York, where the reimbursement rates are not reflective of the actual cost, yet New York continues to provide rates that it pays for below what is the actual cost of some of the health care that people who use Medicaid are getting. So, is it hypocritical for the state to mandate private businesses pay for the actual costs when they're not doing the same thing for health expenses?
1: That's an interesting comparison, but I think, you know, when it comes to Medicaid and health care, the work that we do here in the state is also predicated on, you know, a national health care system, right? So we can only work within the confines of whatever federal policy is for healthcare. care. So I hear what you're saying a thousand percent, but I, I don't think it's a completely fair comparison. So I wouldn't call it hypocritical, because again, right, healthcare is something that's keeping people alive, and we have to do whatever we can to make sure we have hospitals and healthcare and keeping people safe and healthy. And then we have consumer affairs issues, right? This is a business issue. I mean, I, I would go as far as saying a car is not necessity to life, but we still have a responsibility to regulate this.
0: And in terms of the politics behind this, what are the discussions like uh, at this point in the Capitol about this issue? Is this something where the plea to make the change falls on deaf ears? Do you find that
1: lawmakers are receptive? Do you find that lawmakers say, who cares? What's the response? It's been an amazing response. So far, we have over 60 co-sponsors, and that is bipartisan. Democrats and Republicans recognize this being a real issue that impacts not just my area in the Bronx, but across the state of New York. There are dealerships across the state of New York. There are auto tech workers across the state of New York. And I think every single lawmaker recognizes that when someone is not being fairly compensated for their work, it's an injustice that has to be corrected.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Kenny Burgos, a Bronx Democrat, and Brian Schneck president of Local 259. Thank you both so much for joining me.
2: Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.